Rubber baby, bubby, 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 bub. I don't know much, but I know some breweries and distributors as well. Welcome back to the Jack of the Shadows podcast, season two, episode five. I'm Eric VC, and as always, I'm joined by my favorite Mike and Ike, Dave and Adam, and together we're the VC boys. I want to be like Ike. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Say hello, Adam. Oh, I guess I might, but which are they actually split up individually? For is there a certain Mike taste? Well, to that's the candy? that's my youngest daughter's favorite candy. And wow, she likes candy from the sixties. <laughs> I have no bearing on that whatsoever. I just know she likes that, and I've always wondered, like, since you know, you got Mike and Ike, which are two things, but there's like five different assorted flavors or some nonsense. So. Yes. How does that work? Those are gummy. Those are those yeah. are really chewy. They're things, gross right? gummy no, things. They're delectable. Ugh, I, I think the ones that are bad, like, they start getting into like alternate flavors. They're like a bad flavors. version of Jelly Bellies. What? They came out way before uh, Jelly Bellies. They're jelly candy. It's just yeah. jelly candy. Yeah. Eric is just. Eric might be getting controversial. He's here. about to walk down a road. They're gross. You. They're you gross. Know not they remind the me of the Fourth of July and eating too much, too much gross candy. Well, that's your problem. For this episode, we read Lord of Chaos chapters nineteen through twenty-four. To begin, we will review the chapters we've read and view from Dragon Mount, and then cover our favorite moments of those chapters and what shook your willow. Next, we'll discuss the wise ones' dreams and foretell me now. Followed by a conversation about Samael's incredible transformation in Samael Presto Chango. Which is kind of like a Transformer action figure. He kind of, you know, Presto changes and transforms. Yeah. We'll then talk about the change we see in Egwene in Time and Time Egwene before moving on to our Coplin of the Week and who leveled up. So let's kick this episode into full Joe Cart mode and review our chapters with our view from Dragon Mount. Joe Cart, two weeks in a row. Okay, okay. That's right. Look at that little spicy little tidbit he put in there. A little something something he's throwing in. (laughs) Zing! Chapter 19, (laughs) Matters of Toe. When you wrote it, were you like, did you check the note? He's like, he's like no. I got this, this one like for these two idea. guys. Yeah. They're right. not expecting what's coming. It was the highlight <laughs> of my Kart. week. I'm going to say Joe Cart, and Adam's going to go Gonzo. Oh, and okay. and we did. I mean, Joe Carts are... You know, Matters of to. to. The chapter begins as Rand that lays down strange. to sleep. <laughs> it seems Rand is now sharing his dreams with Luz Theron. Great. Well, okay. Let's just get this ball rolling. I did. The ball is already rolling. Right. So You're we're just rolling, rolling with it. Further. I know we've debated the whole, is Rand crazy? But Is he crazy? Now I feel like we're, so is he just sharing this with himself or is he really sharing this with somebody else? Do we feel like we're getting more evidence that this is indeed somebody else in his head or this is just Rand crazy? My original position hasn't changed. I still feel like there's two separate entities here, but I don't feel like this is definitive proof. This could still be either I don't think one. it's definitive, but I, I feel, what I said was, do you feel like we're perhaps yeah. getting more evidence that this is indeed two I, different things? The only thing that I feel like is the solid argument is the fact that he knows stuff he shouldn't know. He knows how to do things with the one power he shouldn't know how to do. That's the only evidence that I could present to so, to show that these are two distinct consciousnesses versus like, you know, just pr- somebody with a psychic snap. I feel like the writing is presenting us a way that it seems like it is someone else in there because there is the... In these chapters, it happens. Yeah. Jordan mentions the fact that Rand for a moment feels like what it's like for to feel like loose there and he feels trapped inside another body and he wakes up to it and he's like aware of it that could be Rand going crazy obviously but like the way that it's being presented to us in the writing is that it keeps being brought up that he is a separate he's a separate being in this set of chapters isn't there's an instance where like loose there and says something and Rand is like yep is that you like are, are you yep real and then he eventually goes off into some it's, other diatribe it's in this chapter yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's within it's within a couple paragraphs of this we're getting more and more dialogue between yeah these two entities for and sure and i just wanted to bring that up because i feel i feel like we're getting yeah we're heading we're heading there's definitely a trajectory developing here and just it'll be interesting to, to see where up. it takes us 
So Rand wakes up with the sun and his dreams have suppressed his appetite. So he passes on breakfast and walks to the gathering of Aiel and nobles for Kyrian and Tyr. As opposed to him waking up to a daughter. To inform them he will be leaving shortly for Andor, Berylaine tells him the hanging of Bangin will take place soon. That just sounded... The hanging of Mangan. 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 Hanging and bang. The hanging of Mangan. The hanging of bang. That sounds like one of those... That sounds like more of the fan fiction. Motels that they stayed in. Hanging and bangin'. It's it's an hourly hotel. I'm telling you. The hanging of Mangan will take place soon, but Rand says he won't stick around for that. The gathering follows him. To me, it's really anticlimactic. Like, we had this whole... Or climactic, for that matter. We had this whole conversation between the two of them. You know about, you know, Rand's, you know, okay, this sucks. He knew him since the, since he, you know, helped come over the wall, take tear, blah, 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 blah. And then Rand's just like, well, I can't stick around for everybody who's going to get hanged. And that's it. Well, Rand already went through the whole thing with the decision-making process where he had to determine to hang the man in the first place. That's really where the conflict occurred. It's interesting the difference between how Rand deals with it with a male compared to a female. With this guy, he's just like, yeah, okay, you did that. You got to die. There was much more of a struggle to it than that. I think the greater struggle was with deciding to hang him in the first place. True. This so is just, just the past straw him. that breaks the camel's back, and he, he it's, it's unpleasant for him. He doesn't really want to be there for it, and he's not going to. But the Aiel seem to think it a great thing and, and something worth celebrating for some reason. Yeah, they're just kind of... Rand's procession follows him to the door he uses for traveling, at which point Berylaine assures Rand she'll keep Kyrian safe while the wise ones chide Avienda about something. Berylaine asks Rand to mention her to Perrin <laughs> and Matt thing. before he heads into his traveling chamber. Man, that girl does not give up. She does not Wait, what'd up. you say? She's Claws. got a mission and she's yeah. got it in her sights. Doesn't matter who that mission is, she's going after it. Avienda and Melane join like Rand Sayil. and they step through the gateway to Camelin's throne room. Immediately, Alana's presence comes crashing down on Rand and he can tell that she's been crying. Rand leaves the throne room for That's his quarters. Rand, Rand doesn't have enough people in his head. <laughs> and Avienda follows. Do we know where Alana is? Camelin. No, I think that those two have left Camelin. I think they've left Camelin at this point. We well, don't. Yeah, they were taking the girls back to the White Tower, so yeah. maybe they're. Yeah. Well, they're, he's obviously she's obviously somewhere. He's somewhere nearish to her. I think they had decided that they were going to head towards Saladar with the with the girls from oh, Two right, Rivers. They weren't going to take them to the White Tower. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, they had decided yeah. not days. to do that. Salad days. Rand leaves the throne room <laughs> for his quarters, <laughs> and Avienda follows. Rand asks Avienda if Amis and the others have told her where Elaine is. Avienda informs him they don't know. And then Avienda goes on to tell him of three dreams the wives once have had of him. The first dream is from Elaine and Bear of Rand on a boat with three women whose faces are unseen and a scale tilting back and forth. Hmm, who could that be? The second dream is from Elaine and uh, Amis where there is a man with a dagger to Rand's throat, and Rand can't see the man. The dream continues with Rand cutting the wetlands in half with a sword. Rand can't determine the meaning of the first dream, but he thinks the second dream involves a gray man. I don't know about that one. The third dream was had by all three wise ones and has rain coming in from a bowl. The bowl is surrounded by snares and pitfalls. The right person finding the bowl Mm -hmm. is the difference between Armageddon and the discovery of a great treasure. Hmm. The key to finding the bull is to find the one who is no longer. Hey. Rand tells Avienda she's free to return to the wise ones for more training, but she says she'll not go and makes a comment about toe. Avienda leaves Rand and heads out into the hallway where we realize that Avienda is really struggling because she now has toe to not only Elaine for sleeping with Rand, but Rand because he saved her life. She's at war with herself. Chapter 20. From the setting. the wise ones. Chapter continues with Rand sitting in his apartments in Camelon's royal palace, guarded by Cassin and Leah. The servant Bari rushes in and informs Rand that three Ogier have arrived at the palace and are requesting an audience. Wonderful. Rand goes to Wait, meet... are we going with Ogier again instead of Ogier? Ogier. Ogier, yeah. We're going to go with Rand, whatever rolls off the tongue. Yeah, the Rand goes to meet the Ogier in a, in a fountain courtyard. Apparently now it's Ogier. The Ogier are surrounded by Sulin and some maidens as well as Uriel and some red shields. The Ogier elder introduces himself as Haman and the woman Ogier as Kovril and then the younger woman as Aerith. 
Rand dismisses the shield maidens and talks to the Ogier. Well, it turns Rand. out Kovril is Loyal's mother, and she is none too happy with what she has heard Rand has had her son doing. Um, she um, wants Loyal returned so that she can see him married to Aerith. Haman is concerned that Loyal has been away Loyal. from the setting for too long, and Aerith indicates it's been five years. After learning that five years is a long time for an Ogier to be away from the setting, Rand informs the uh, Ogier that Loyal is in two rivers. This would be a great point for us to finally figure out how long it was that he was gone before Rand met him so that we could actually get a, right. an idea of three how long years. time has passed. I mean, it's been two years. Ish? Yeah. I think he was out three years. So Three years. Just, <laughs> just reading those books, though. Right. Before they can leave at Aerith and Kovril's urging, however, Rand asks Elder Haman if, if he'll tell Rand where all the gateways are. Maps. I need maps. And then Rand I yells for maps. maps. I and would love to have to see them. We talked last episode about Rand's arrogance or lack thereof. This is the one moment when I can really see him kind of ordering people around. But it's a snap your fingers, snap your neck moment. At the same time. <laughs> He doesn't have time to be pleasant with people because these Ogier are on the verge of deciding not to do what he's asking them to do. Right. Rand wonders something that we've wondered as well. Why hasn't one of the Forsaken simply traveled a legion of shadow spawn through a gateway? Apparently they can't. I mean, that's the only thing I got. We would conclude that because it hasn't happened, but we still don't understand why. There's they no, can go through the ways. It doesn't make they... it right. I don't understand why either, but I mean, Pat and Fane did he's, something. He's above and beyond bad. everything, though. He's something else entirely. Did he go through a gateway? No, Pat no, and Fane. He's used the ways. That we know of. He's used the ways. Yes, the ways. We're as confused as Rand. Haman agrees to show Rand where the gateways are, or where the uh, yeah, where the way gates are, and uh, shows him the locations on the maps that Rand has ordered. At the end, Rand asks him if he'll show. Rand the Waygate at Shadar Logoth. There's a little another Jordanism here of women do not become exhausted. They only exhaust others. Yeah, we get uh we get another instance of Jordan's weird sexual politics. It's all over the place in these chapters. Yeah. Except in the Aiel culture, you get more of uh the women are put out by the men. Than the other way around. You still yeah, get. They make you, the same comments. It's all the same comments. It's like, no it one is, can, a man can't deal with a woman, but a woman, yeah, it's just the hardest thing in the world is to deal with a woman. This seems a little more one sided. My loyal. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of bucks me. So that conveniently takes us to chapter 21 called To Shed Our Logoth. This is Adam's favorite. He's been waiting to discuss this. The chapter remains with Rand informing the Ogier that he can travel them to Shadar Logoth and save them days of travel time to the two rivers. Rand thinks that he doesn't care if Haman tells the Ogier elders that Rand is a bully. Has Rand really bullied these Ogier here by requesting their help? It's a trade. It's an even exchange, in my opinion. He presses yeah, them for so. sure, but I don't think he berates them or you know, abuses them into doing something they don't want, he's he's going to be doing them a favor. I think the only thing is that it's a, it's a huge cultural difference. They're so slow moving. They take forever to talk. They're and then entish. He's like, nope, we're just going to zippity zap this way. Zippity boo. He does do some bullying to get them to do it fast and do it now. But he... I think it's clever he can't it. He can't afford to wait for their timing. No. The world can't. I think it's more cajoling than bullying, but... There we go. The Ogier agree, and Rand takes Sulin Urien and a guard of Aiel along with the Ogier through his gateway to Shadar Logoth. Upon arrival, Eldar Haman directs the group to the Waygate. Rand weaves a trap around the Waygate, and just as they're about to leave, he realizes someone is missing. He's got good head for numbers and how many people are there. I just think it's really interesting that Luce at this point is thinking to himself, I must kill Damondred. Damondred, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, we I wonder why you would think that. We don't, don't know, know of one, but that certainly would suggest it. Seems like it. But I didn't, he never I appeared I there during the Trollocs. That just all of a sudden pops up. 
it is strange and something worth noting. And then there's another voice and it's, it's the same thing. And he just keeps saying, I remember at last killing a Shamael. He deserved to die. Lanfear deserved to die as well, but I'm glad I'm not the one that killed her. And then Ran asks how he killed Shamael and there's just no answer. Right. And then, <laughs> and then it's at that Luke point says, that Ran thinks it's him. I want to die here. Ran thinks that because he mentions killing a Shamael, Ran thinks that, wait a minute, am I talking to myself here because I did that? Yeah. Or the alternative is just that it's someone witnessed it. You got a passenger in your body who so watched you do these things. We've gone from Rand like just going, well, this is weird. This is stuff going on to Rand going, okay, Luz Theron is clearly in my head to now Rand not being sure where Luz Theron ends and Rand begins. Yeah, which is a great question. It's been a slow burn, but I think it's pretty well done here. It's very well done because it's happening very, very slowly. Which you can do when you have a bunch of books. There's this other great thing going on with Rand and the Aiel women. There's this whole thing he's doing with Sulin where he keeps putting Sulin in her place, telling her what to do. And like the whole courtyard scene where he was getting Aiel go or whatever, where they had X amount of time, the count of 50 or whatever, to summon all, all the maidens they needed before they could go. Mm-hmm. I feel like he, he's becoming more authoritative with them and just expecting them now to obey. I feel like he's decided, okay, if they're going to stick with me, which they're going to seem to do no matter what I do, at least it's going to go my way. He's reached a good balance with them, I think. I think he's finally, he's finally accepted the fact that these women are going to be, be in there. battle with him and die. And since he's going to allow that to happen, he's also fine with ordering them like a commander or a captain. I think that's great. He's also losing himself so much because he's just angry all the time now. And so he's reacting that way and trying to push it down, but he's still acting out of anger and trying to get people to... It's, we're, we're back to book two. He Is he angry or tense? Or stressed? No, they're, right. they're, they're, later on it talks about how he's trying to push down the anger and trying to get a hold of it. This is happening here as well, I feel. I, with how I he's think that's people. when he's using the power, right? Uh, it sure. had to do with losing the power. It also speaks about how he interacts with people and the anger just comes out. So Sulin says that the missing person is Leah. Rand has the Aiel go in groups of two. And as they and Laya. the Ogier look for... It's Laya because there's another Leah. Laya. Eventually, they have to give up the search as the sun sets and the threat of Mashadar increases. Because of the late hour, Rand agrees to take the Ogier all the way to Two Rivers because he's not going to be able to get them out of Shadar Logoth before the sun sets. We know Rand's not going to let I that have one go. A question here. Hammond talks about that he could lock the Waygate again with a talisman of growing. Right. Whatever that is. How did Loyal close it before? He used one of the Alvin, Alvin whatever the word is. He took the Aventasora leaf off. He snapped it from the other side. But apparently, so we don't know what the talisman of growing no, is. No, Hammond's got some master key that can do something. That wasn't talked about in the first book with the Green Man? Not that I've ever heard of, no. Okay. I think, I think right. this is the first mention of it. What happened to Leah or Laia? Or Leia. She's, she's gone. I think we're going to find out what happened she's, to she's, Laia at one point. She's been Mashadard. Do you think she's going to become the love interest of Pat and right, right. I sure hope not. I mean, this seems... I hope that This is a very dead. weird chapter. Like, what is the purpose of this chapter? It's got to be Laia's disappearance. She's got to come back. She's got to come back. I liked it because it was bringing us back to where... Yeah, it's great to go back to Shadar Logo. kind yeah. of fell apart. Yes. But you are 100% correct. If she doesn't come back up in this, this is a very strange... Which means either she's going to escape there or we got to go back there again. Or she just turns evil. Right. She creates another evil. escapes. Right. I don't think you can escape. Oh, Pod and Fane escaped. Wasn't he alive? Did he? (laughs) What do you mean, was was he alive? I don't know. Well, yeah. We don't know that lies. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works. You can escape. The thing wants yeah, you I mean, to Matt, escape. Matt, all of them. It escape. wants you to take it with it. Yeah. I'm hoping she's dead. <laughs> like, Seems and like that's a crazy. crappy thing. Right. Because if she's dead, she can't escape with it. I'm Whereas also Pot and Fane was alive and escaped with it. So for her, I'm hoping she's dead because that's right. not a good way to exist. No. 
No yeah. one wants it, and we don't want another pot and fain around. Well, I don't think she could be anywhere close as close as that because that was just that we know of. Well, I mean, she could have, but I mean, this is the whole discussion that we had before about what is. Well, but right, but once again, remember, Pat, what Pat is and Fane was Fane. originally a servant of the evil. Like he was touched by the shadow to begin with. So originally, he had that evil. Yes, when he came into right. there, he was he was a hound for the right. shadow. So he had that evil to begin with, on top of his own personal sure. evil, and she's just who she is. Maybe mash it hard up. Who knows? Pot and Fane seems to be what's his Gollum. No, 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 no. Warm the guy Lord. who the guy who was. Oh, the guy who Mortis. was Mordeth. Yeah, Mordeth. Yeah, Mordeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that Mordeth would be if you got touched by that and you you got away and you're no because Matt didn't deal with Mordeth being inside of himself. I think that's just Pot and Fane, right? No, Matt was dealing with Mashadar. Mashadar was in the dagger. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is so that's so confusing. Yep. I don't think we got a It's semantics. I mean, yeah. Well, Mordeth was a person. Mashadar right. is the evil. Right, 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 right. right. Mashadar is a manifestation of the evil. It's of not all the, the evil. people of the city, yeah. Chapter 22, heading south, shifts the scene to Matt, who is halfway between Morona and Tyr. Chell Vannon, one of Matt's scouts, takes Matt ahead of his army to a caravan of tinkers that have been brutally murdered. He's brought Matt to the scene to see a particular man who has written, Tell the dragon reborn! The tinkers, the poor tinkers. In blood on the side of a wagon. Anybody got any guesses what this message is for? Tell the dragon reborn! Maybe repeat it one more time. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I literally, literally do not know what, unless this is Pod and Fane massacring these people. To send another message to the Dragon Reborn, by the way, I hate you, and I've not forgotten about you. One option is Pod and Fane trying to remind the Dragon Reborn he's still around. Yeah, that he's, you know, I'm coming for you. So that would be Pod and Fane then writing the message in this man's blood. The indication is that this dead man wrote it. Because who else is going to murder Tinkers unless maybe, okay, once again, we've got a couple options. We've got Pod and Fane. We've got... I don't um, think it's Pod and Fane because he was Shido. talking about at the end of these chapters about how, like, what he could do to mess with Rand. I feel like that would have popped up. He would have been like, oh, I killed all the tinkers. Uh, maybe. maybe yeah, like, we got could the Shido yeah, also. Sure, could be him. There's many things, actually. Yes. It could be. We got the Shido. We've got. Could be the Forsaken. The Forsaken. Could be the White Cloaks. Could be a rogue. Who white knows? Cloak. Yeah. Or it could just be Brigands. Or it could be. The crackpot Massimo, who knows? Could this be the tinkers that Rand originally met and traveled with? They went to the two rivers. Right. That's because What's-His-Face became And then they Aram, left. And they left, which leads me to think Pod and Fane because of his association with the tinkers while they were there, when he was there and they foiled his plans and blah, 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 blah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. It's a mystery. But they did tell the Dragon Reborn. Not yet. The dragon reborn. Matt returns to the army and tells the group they will set up camp while burial parties attend the tinkers before heading to his tent. Sleepless, Matt leaves his tent to peer at the sky on a nearby hill, and a sound catches his attention. He turns and looks back to his tent to see it surrounded by a group of Aiel. The Aiel furtively enter his tent, and not finding him there, begin to look around for him outside. Talmanis reaches the base of the hill on which Matt is resting and starts drunkenly shouting up to him. But before Talmanis stumbles into the Aiel, Matt alerts the camp and they defeat the invaders. Invaders! Returning to his tent, Matt is trying to determine what made the noise that drew his attention to the Aiel around his tent. He discovers some rope that has been cut way too perfectly and upon further investigation realizes that the Aiel must have been sent through a gateway. Great, now I've got the bloody forsaken after me. So we just had Rand musing about the fact that no shadow spawn have come through a gateway and yet here come tumbling Aiel through one. How many times has Matt seen a gateway? I mean, Matt's seen Rand Rand do it a couple of times couple yeah he was around him yep that's really spooky the aiel aren't necessarily shadow spawn no right so now we're seeing that okay 
You can send minions of evil. Right, people other than... Other than things created power by Trollocs, right. for example. Yeah. Cook right. Pot things. So maybe it's a human beings thing? Maybe, yeah. The, the gateway is discriminating. It won't allow non-humans through. Apparently. It's, it's a bigot. It's a bigoted gateway. Right. Well, that's pretty. That's pretty good magic. If you if you selective chose to do that right. originally when you there's a filtration system on right. the gateway. It won't allow certain and sediment zap. through. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're too filthy. Yeah. Goodbye. That is strange. It is odd. In the midst of his concern, Olver wanders into the tent and freaks the heck out of Matt. Oh, I'm tired of this kid already. Matt, Matt had expected yeah, the too. boy to be unloaded in Morona, but that didn't work out. I because was hoping he was. Apparently, the woman just wanted the money. He's so whiny. Talmanis' manservant then enters and offers to stitch up Matt, which Matt accepts. While being mended, Matt and Olver continue their conversation, and Matt hires Olver as a messenger. Yes, my lord is not a side of beef. <laughs> Whatever he says when he's stitching him up. So good. Stitching him up very poorly. Ham-fistedly, I think is what the phrase is. This is why these people are also scarred, is because the suturing of their... Not high quality. Know, is Yeah, not, not the best. They don't have a traveling RN with them. I just imagine those goth punk drawings where the stitches are like, like half three. pulled off on right. sleeves and stuff. And that's what I imagine Matt's flesh looks like now. I like the fact that Matt was looking at the constellations for a bit, and it's interesting to think about what... What their constellations are? Yeah, what are their constellations? Mm. There was Haywain, or Hawain, high overhead, and and the five sisters, and the three geese. There was oh, more, yeah. There's more than I remember, three. I do remember There's also the now, archer, we the have plowman, seven, we have the seven, We have Pleiades, we have the seven sisters, and then we have this... We don't have three geese, but we maybe somewhere we That's going to be the Northern Cross. Swan. There's the plowman, the, the blacksmith, the snake, and then the one they called the dragon. There's also the shield, hawkwing shield. Yeah. I love the plowman. The plowman. They call me the plowman. How does Matt know that there are dark friends... Amongst the Aiel, by the way. Well, because those Aiel were sent to kill him. His girlfriend tried to kill him. Right, they, yeah, her. Let's not <laughs> let's not forget her. Yeah, okay. The one she I, said I mean, she really wishes. Fake, but, that was yeah. Matt will yeah. never forget yeah. that. You might, but he won't. Right. Aiel. No, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually thinking about like people that grew up in in. Yeah, yeah. She okay. did. She did. It's too bad. And she admitted that she was one. That was a sad moment. Chapter 23, to understand a message. So we're now in Ilion, where Samael and Grendel chat about stasis boxes and Agenor's creations. It seems Samael has found a stasis box. Hadn't we determined, or wasn't it in the prologue, didn't they mention that none of them had been found yet? I don't remember that at all. I'm pretty sure, because we had a conversation about a stasis box, and they were desperately looking for them because they wanted Angriol. Was he part of that conversation, he being Samael? He was, I don't think he was there for that meeting. Okay, well then. Um, but he's got one, and Grendel has one. What's in the box? What's in the box? What is a stasis box? It's like in the d It's D&D Santa's world. magic bag, you know, where you can hold stuff, and it, doesn't, it can't be destroyed, apparently. And it, and it can oh, hold, Mary, like, multiple Mary things. Poppins. We learn that the worms that chased Rand and company at the end of the have a name. Uh, Eye of the World were untransformed Jumara. Jumara. Creatures made by Agenor. We also learned that Agenor made the golem as well. and that, that is. Well, it was mentioned before. No, no, we still don't know what it is. And that Grendel was almost killed by one. Killed by a golem? A golem. Mm. I wonder if that was when she was... Not with the shadow when she was with the shadow. I would imagine it's when she was with the shadow, but maybe not. I mean, they huh. fight amongst themselves. They do. And Agnor doesn't really seem like a great guy. He seems pretty evil. Not as and pretty dead. Not as lecherous as Bell. No. Well, not, we he's not Agnor so. anymore. No, he's not Agnor anymore. He's whoever she is. What's she's her face? Y- Him and Balthamel. Yeah. Is it? It's Balthamel that's the female. Balthamel's the female. Agnor's the guy. Male. Yeah. The two dueling swords. Yeah. Samael flat out lies to Grendel about how Rand received Samael's request right. for a truce. Kind of a big deal. Grendel's surprised by this because she's aware of how upset Rand is over Samael's warriors killing maidens of the spear. Like, wouldn't you think that would be like the one big tick pop for her to be like, 
yeah, no, you're lying. Yeah. I mean, she's aware of Rand's views towards women, while Samael is not at all. This chapter should be called Plots Within Plots. Well, this this chapter should be called Grendel Doesn't Know Crap About Samael. <laughs> I mean, she's so she she's thinking too far ahead to see what's right in front the pink elephant. Like she's yeah. So Grendel is surprised by Samael's control over his temper during this conversation as she tries to raise his peak several times. I wonder if he's like got like trying to hold back the um the what's his face from the Pink Panther with his twitching eye. <laughs> the Dreyfus twitching eye. Yeah. His right, his signs of madness. Right. As the conversation around the amnesty between Rand and Samael continues, Grendel becomes more and more convinced that Rand has actually entered into a truce with the man. Samael also hints at the fact that he's been given assurances of being named Nablus. He's just going for it all. I mean, it's just like if, the best way to lie is to lie big. The dealer dealt him 11 and he's doubling down on right? Blackjack. That's yes. literally what's happening. He's just like, I'm doubling down. Yep. That's right. I got a truce with the Dragon Reborn, right. and I'm going to be named Blameless Nablus. I am going to be Blameless Nablus. Yes. Yeah. What do you have to say to that, Grendel? It's it's like from Peach Dragon. Lies on top of lies. Yeah. That's a lie. I do not. Why is, this guy is just falling apart. He doesn't seem to be. He, he seems, seems to be, to be pulling it, it together. That's true. He, that he doesn't seem to he's be. He's pulling he's stuff out of his cool butt and she's buying it. Yeah. Like he's he is handing calm her under pressure. patties and she's like, please, sir, may I have some more? Ridiculous. Well, that's true. I just can't believe. Yeah, that's such a blatant. <laughs> it's a big <laughs> one. Truce. Yeah. Truce. But I mean, he's selling convincing lies and yeah. he's selling them so well. She's like, well, that's true. true. This must be true also. Right. And he's using the nablus thing. As leverage to get the locations of the other Forsaken out of Grendel. I imagine he's doing it with just this smug little smile. Convinced that Samael will actually become Nablus, she tells him the only Forsaken whose location she knows, and that's that Masana is in the White Tower. Oh, kind of a big reveal there. I thought, yeah. we, I thought we knew that already. I think we suspect it. I think this is the first confirmation of it. Do we have any idea why Grendel is so fragile? Probably as part of her backstory. I don't know. I wouldn't have ever said she was First fragile until this moment. First of all, she's not. Moment. Right, yeah. she's not. She seems fairly fragile here. Here she does, yes. She's obviously on edge. She's been manipulating Samael this whole time. Well, not only so that. So this is a turn of the table. You got Forsaken dying left and right, so that would probably be a bit stressful on their part. And Left, right, and center. And not only that, but like, yeah, the, these two are allies, and now all of a sudden he's like, hey, look at me and my little blonde bowl cut. I'm actually the master of disguise back here pulling the strings, and you best step two, otherwise you're going to get bumped off. She's like, oh, crap. I'm the little Dutch boy. Right. I pictured him with that stupid little bowl cut like we had when we were younger. I'm the little Dutch boy. Taking advantage. <laughs> I hate how you look. I love your, I love your cookies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Taking advantage of his position, Samael leans on Grendel and tells her pain. that she will find the location of the other Forsaken for him. Yes, sir. Which yeah, then, she's like, cool. Which then brings us cool to chapter beans. 24, an embassy. No, it doesn't. An embassy. Letters. So, the chapter moves to the streets of Kyrian, where Egwene is happy with the news that she has fooled the wise ones into believing her headaches have relented, and as a result, <laughs> she will soon be able to return to receiving their guidance in the world of dreams. Great! Sounds like it'll end well. She overhears a former illuminator, apparently the Shido burned down the chapter house in Kyrian, telling Burn everything down. Telling a merchant that the Aes Sedai are at odds, which concerns her. She continues on through the streets, thinking on how many spies must be in the city and considering rumors. She also hears an exaggeration of the rumor that Swan is starting, that Aes Sedai were specifically the Reds were involved in false dragons. Dragon. A dragon. When I she swear they lied about a dragon. Sees the backs of the Aes Sedai embassy recently arrived to Kyrian. Hmm. She runs back to the Wise One's tent to inform them of the Aes Sedai's arrival and finds Bear Lane sipping tea with them. She's everywhere, that girl. Yeah, no kidding. Upon hearing the news of the embassy arrival, Bear Lane asks leave to return to the Sun Palace and requests Amis and Rourke to her. Before Berlane has left Egwene, asks subtly that she not inform the Aes Sedai of Egwene's presence. You know, maybe you could just not mention I know, that I'm here. I know we're not on the best of terms, but um, there's this thing. Please don't mention it. 
to the I could get thrown into a trollic pot. Women. She actually lies to Berling, suggesting the Aes Sedai might capture another Aes Sedai, a.k.a. her. her yeah. <laughs> Good thing she's not sworn. She's still entrapped by this ruse of being an Aes Sedai. Of her own making. Yep. Seemed like such a small lie at the time. Let's delve into the buxom Berling for a moment here. I do find First it of very all, fascinating. Word choice. I find it fascinating that the Aiel, who hate everybody, it seems, are so fond of Berylaine, like they kiss her on the cheek like a sister, and I think it's Ruark. She's like, please don't tell Ruark. I think that's what it was. But everyone else can't count the men because they're fascinated with their beauty. But like, maybe the women hate her because they're jealous. I don't know. But the Aiel seem to be really good judges of character, and they're they're all up you know, about her. So I find this very interesting. And obviously, Egwene, I think, seems even more finding it very interesting that they seem to be team barreling and then no one else really seems to be and what are we to make of this oh not no one else it's it's Who mostly else doesn't, it's, like, it's i think she's just, coming up it's though. just the other Rand's women like it's her. just the three women we know it's yeah. it's a gwayne we know she's obviously got some she's some incredibly so flirtatious yeah, she's just she's, say yeah. hello to matt well, i don't i don't right I, I don't know that they're they're not politically problematic and they're not problematic necessarily for this story they're just a nuisance Thus far. I mean, she tried to seduce Rand, we all remember. She's flirtatious and I think flirtatious free. is an understatement, but yes. As she departs, she asks the wise ones not to reveal to Rourke what Rourke, they've yeah, been okay, discussing. Cerulea seems to need some convincing. Uh, this is Egwene who asks this. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cerulea asks if Egwene is truly in danger of being taken by the Aes Sedai, and when she learns she is, tells Egwene she should Just not leave the area. Just hang out with us for a couple decades. You'll be fine. Egwene leaves the tent when uh, Rourke and two other clan chiefs enter. And that wraps up our view from Dragon Mount. Standing on the top, we're looking down on y'all. Dave, what shook your willow? Well, funny you should ask. At the end of the first chapter, we have the scene where Avienda, you know, the matter of toe, she steps out and she goes through this inner monologue of there's only two ways for her to meet her toe. She's either got to kill herself or kill Rand. That's pretty darn extreme. Gets toe and Aiel. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. There's nothing less than that. Nothing else can meet it but these two things. Well, because they're at such odds with each other so first of all what does killing rand what toe does that resolve hers to him right and killing herself resolves of her to elaine right but then she would end up having toe to rand that she doesn't know about because rand saved her life and then she just threw no, she's away what she that. saved right no but what i'm saying is she's not considering that other aspect that if she killed herself sure. She actually would have double toe, but now she's right. dead and she can never fulfill it. She's missing that extra bit of logic there. I just found this whole thing fascinating. This poor girl is in utter hell right now. Yeah, she's just... Yeah. Let's not forget about the fact that the wise ones have got her stripping her clothes off in Rand's tent and she's in love with Rand. She's getting it seven ways from Sunday and it just sucks. And then meanwhile, Rand at the same time is kind of like, do I like her... I keep thinking about the time and the igloo. Well, Rand knows he Should likes her, but about he, it's her. It's the way that she acts towards him that's totally confusing him. Well, right, because one moment she's hot. You're hot, then you're cold. <laughs> yes, then you're no. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's... But that dynamic's great, because I do feel it's very realistic. You're in that situation of what on earth is going on with this person? What is wrong with that woman? So I like this part. I found it fascinating and also just kind of sad. How long can she keep going on like this? Something's got to give. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. She's under serious psychic pressure. It's making her life hell. Mm -hmm. My Willow was the moment where Talmanis was standing drunkenly at the base of the hill atop which Matt was sitting, staring at the constellations, which we recently named. And he's unaware of the fact that the Aiel are sneaking around and Matt's sitting up there on the hill and knows exactly what's happening. Matt wants to run away. <laughs> Shut up. Matt yeah. wants to run away, but he can't because he's got to save his friend. Yeah. 
And apparently Tom Honest still puts up a fight. Drunk as he yeah, is. Yeah, drunk as he is. Yeah. Well, and you know, you don't clothes. feel you don't feel you don't feel pain as much when you're that intoxicated. Hey, maybe. How you're, do you feel about that guy? I love him. I think he's yeah. great. I am all about Talmanis. He's fantastic. I feel like we're seeing a great character arc with him also. In the beginning, you know, he was just one of these lords that Matt would dice with, and you're kind of like uh, another one of these lords. Potato-faced Estion, one of, one of his sidekicks. <laughs> potato nose? Potato face? Potato nose. Potato nose. But I feel like he's developing his own personality, him and Nalishian. I feel like these two guys are proving their worth, and they're, they're part of the hand now. They're legitimately stepped out of the tyranny of tear. That's great more alliteration there. And they're just becoming, like, good guys. I like them. Do you not, Adam? Are you not convinced about him or concerned about him? No, I like him, too. I think he's great. I, d- I just don't trust anybody at this point. Oh, okay. Reading All right. Books. Well, fair, fair. fair enough. I mean, next thing you know, your Iowa woman's trying to shank you in bed. Right. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what shook your willow, Adam? Do we have any idea why Alana's been weeping? Could be well, remember things. that Her before the instance with Rand, she had been having serious emotional trauma dealing with the death of her warder yeah i was just wondering about that because it seems like it's coming up again it's yeah it's happened it's the second time i, I didn't it. know if it was just specifically because of that or if there was another reason that's creeping up but it's kind of like creep the creep and death there's my metallica reference just got it in there finally <laughs> the bonding is just very interesting that it's it's just subtly it's so being screwed peppered up. in here and there it's putting stress on Rand. I mean, her her emotional ups and downs are always seem as debt to get when he's down. close when he's close to her. Putting stress on Rand. To your point, David, they must still be in Camelin yeah. if he's experiencing it this intensely the minute that he arrives. Because when he goes to Carrion, it's gone. Right. So it's a proximity thing. They must still be there or really close. It's like your new smartwatch not being close to your phone. And you move away and you lose your signal. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to foretell me now. Let's talk about the prophecies that the wise ones' dreams give us. So, uh, yes. who do we think the man with the knife to Rand's throat in Malane and Amis' dream well, is? Well, it's definitely not the man with the golden gun. I'll tell you that much. I don't think it is a gray man. I think that's like too Rand easy. Thinks. It's too easy. Who, so really? what are... Adam yeah. thinks it's a gray man. Okay, okay. Adam's going with the Adam's, narrative. Yeah, all right. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, not being able to see the face. It's not just the face. It's the whole entity is, is yeah, unnoticeable. Yeah, the gray man you just can't see. I don't know. Maybe it's it could be, even more than it that. It could be Luce Theron. Maybe it's, maybe it's another Luce Theron. Maybe yeah. it's another... Could be another one of the Forsaken... Forsaken, yeah, that's it could true. be Rand's I guess brother. I, I guess I was looking at it as a narrow, like a narrow perspective. Rand can't see the man. That's what it is. It could be Lord Luke. I mean, oh, I, if Rand can't see him, then I oh, think Lord it's Luke. I think it's somebody Jeez. close to Rand. Hmm. Okay. So it's okay. somebody who is a traitor, and Rand doesn't know it. I think it's our guy at the farm. Oh, you think it's Mazram Taim? Mazram Taim. Yep. He wouldn't need a knife, oh. though. Well, no, I think that that's, that's symbolic. Figurative, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay. That's who I think it is. But it could, li- could literally that, be anybody. Uh, to yeah, Adam, to what Adam mentioned earlier, you can't trust anybody these days. Yeah. I don't trust Mazram Tayyim. No, oh, for sure not. He's, I trust Brand. He is an and oily snake, snake, snake right, oil yeah. salesman. Yeah. I don't um, know if I trust Rand. <laughs> Rand doesn't right. trust Rand. Well, <laughs> Rand can't trust his own thoughts. We get the three women in the boat again. We've figured out who these women are, right? Have we? Their faces are covered. Right. Yeah. yeah. I have. Aaron, it's the same thing. Yeah, they're not showing their faces. Yeah, it's going to be some theme. random woman we haven't met yet. Right. Uh, like it's not going to be men. It's going to be somebody sea else. Sea folk. Right. It's Elaine, oh, no, that's Avienda, and not men. But it is men. <laughs> right. But not men. men. I want more of men in my life. For sure. They're rocking the boat of Rand's life. Yeah. But what Rand was it? The boat. Rocking. It was three women. No, it's actually three coins in a fountain. That 
Three women whose while. faces are unseen and his scale <laughs> is should it be? tilting back and forth. What do you think that is? I think the success of Tarman Guyton depends upon oh. these three women. Really? That's where you went with that? Okay. I was just weighing like he's okay. trying to figure out figure out which one he's interested in right because he's so torn with being in love with all three or two at least right now and the third is kind of being figured out and he's kind of like, which one am i supposed to go but i, like I just your raised better because i was just being way too literal hmm. i didn't take any of these at, at face value i took them all as symbols of something yeah, okay mm-hmm. okay all right the third dream has the rain coming from a bowl. The bowl is surrounded by snares and pitfalls, and the right person finding the bowl is the difference between Armageddon and the discovery of a great treasure. The key to finding the bowl is the one who is no longer. The second half, I have no idea. Well, there are snares and pitfalls surrounding the bowl. No, I'm talking the second half with the one who is no more. Pairs and snares and... Pairs and snitfalls? Pairs and snitfalls. Snits and pairfalls. Snares and pitfalls? (laughs) Oh, the one. Oh, you mean the the one who is no longer? That's what I don't know who that yeah. is. What is that? I mean, Matt died, but he's still find the now, one who so. is no. And he's longer. doing he's doing way better. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Oh wait, For, could it be the Green Man? He's dead. Right, he is no longer. Well, no you longer. can't find him then. Good luck with that. You're all screwed. In which case, Jordan. I mean, maybe you can find failure. Maybe, maybe the bull can water the acorn that is the green man, and he grows again. I don't. That would be quite the stretch. I don't Da-dums. mind that. No, I wouldn't I like mind that, that either. Idea. I'd be really wonked out if that was the case. I think that's a great little storyline. They gotta go back up into the blight. He, I mean, we knew he died, but there is still that little like glimpse of sap. I'm still here. Right, yeah. In the ground. I'm not dead yet. Right, exactly. <laughs> the green I man. feel happy. I did, I did not think of the green man. No, not at all. Nor what? should you. What if this is another bowl and that's one of the things that's that too much. the need originally took them to and they just gave up on So it was actually the thing in the White Tower? Right. It was actually the In the, the storage bowl. room. And Nynaeve screwed it up with her stubbornness. Right. What if it's the bowl of reins? Right. Roman Reigns is a WWE wrestler. His body's carved into it with his greasy hair. So that was another thought I had. The Green Man. You thought of that just now. You weren't thinking of that before. I thought that maybe it was another artifact. It was another relic. I thought you meant you were thinking in your spare time. You're like, it's an acorn for the Green Man. (laughs) No, I did just make that up just now. So yeah, that to me is the most intriguing thing, though, is who is this person that because that could be so that is many no things. more. Yeah, so many things. Well, it couldn't be that could many be things. Lewis I mean, it could be Lewis Theron. I mean, he's no more, but he is. It's either he... it's either someone who has well, disappeared. Is also... Not Lord Luke. Yeah, I don't like that Lord Luke. He's Rand's brother. Yeah, who but Rand else disappeared. Land's brother, right? Land's brother. Who else has disappeared? Isn't La- isn't Land's brother and Lord Luke the same person? Wait, we've, the one who has no more? Is that, that Moraine? Oh! Could be. But it also could be one of the Forsaken. Who knows? Well, it could be that real pretty lady. Lya? <laughs> no. I'm hoping oh, it's Lya. I want Lya oh, to be dead. <laughs> maybe. She is no more. We all know Lya's not alive. That's for sure. Ah, or if she well, is, she's... she's not alive in a good way. I don't know. Perrin got out of there. She's probably not alive. Rand got out of there. Those guys are Taviran. They were being chased also. She had no reason to flee. Flee, yeah. flee. All right, let's move on to Samael Presto Changio. Presto Changio. Yeah. Where did this come from? Left field. He sends a messenger to Rand that he is possessed. He kills the guy. He tells Grendel that the guy was always going to die, and it was just the manner of the person's death that was going to tell him what Rand's answer was. Here's what happened. Which, first of all, I believe. Samael used a portal stone, transferred himself to Second City, took a whole bunch of acting classes, portaled himself back, and started spinning this yarn. And just went with it, because my goodness. He's just yes-anding Grendel right out of her mind. Yes-and? Yeah, exactly. 
ridiculous. Like, all of a sudden... He's like, would you believe? The Academy Award goes to Semeo. And also, I'm uh, needless. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's the ticket. That's the ticket. (laughs) Unbelievable. Like, he just... (laughs) He is spinning a yarn. Yeah. And she is gobbling it up like... A woman needing oxygen. And after uh, drowning the Dark in the Lord lake. has a big golden throne and that he's going to sit. I'm going to be named Nameless. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I'm going to eat it. bonbons every day. And you're going to wash my feet. Yeah. What is Samael's endgame here? What is he trying to do? He's trying to find out where the other Forsaken are. He's doing more than that because remember, once the chapter closes, he wonders if she ever guesses his true intention. Part of it, I think, is to get the Forsaken, but that's obvious. But the other, just manipulating her into being further onto his side so she won't go to anybody else because she's now knows he's going to be nameless. So he's got one ally firmly in his pocket, perhaps. Other than that, I don't know. Is it possible that he's trying to impress the Dark Lord? Well, everybody's always trying to do that. Yeah, sure. He's going to notice me if if I do this. The more I lie, the more popular I will become. Yeah. Eh, I don't like that. I don't answer. understand why he's pulling this. What What if he's actually he's just going to flee Ilium? A banker, Adam. <laughs> a banker? In this yeah, case, he's going to become actor, an accountant. He always wanted to be a banker. <laughs> the banker with the banking. The banking. What if he's he's about to pull a fast one on all the other Forsaken who are relying on him to draw Rand's attention to Ilian, and he just is going to pick up and move? I mean, he doesn't even need to move. And that's what he's... Trying to fool Grendel. He can just be like, "Nope, I'm good. I've got a, uh, I got to deal with the." Well, devil, he does need to so move because Rand knows where he is, and he's coming. Matt's coming for him. There's that, but I'm talking about the other Forsaken. Like as far as they know, he doesn't have to do squat because he's spinning this lie, and he, and maybe he's thinking that she's going to spin this off to the other people as well. I don't know. I love this turn. He seemed like a really big pushover for Grendel up to this point. She's had him wrapped around her finger. How have we gotten examples of that? We had another chapter with a conversation between them an an episode ago. This is a major turnaround Maybe he likes He flips the the tables on her. Nobody's got any guesses as to what's going on had. That's all I got. I just think it's a big move to say that you made an agreement with Rand, with the dragon. I guess it would be hard to find out. Well, he's also supposing that she doesn't have her own spies somewhere else. What if she had a spy amongst the Aiel in that meeting, and then she called his bluff? What would have happened then? How would he have known? Well, he took his shot. He he really did. Like I don't know if he actually even considered that. Seems like such an easy thing to figure out to disprove. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty bold move. I mean, I think he's really relying on the boldness of it. Yeah, and it works. The, Those the, acting classes well really paid off. It's not going to end well for him. I'm sure he's going to die at the end of this right. book. That's true. <laughs> or a <laughs> book. Someone's yeah, going to die. That's true. We it see makes that in most books with a forsaken dying. And like Dave said, he went to acting class. And- mm-hmm. He gets his moment of glory here before, before Rand offs him. For that one brief period of time. That one shining moment. Those acting lessons paid off big time. Whatever he spent on them All was right. well worth it. Time and time, Egwene. Time, time after time. In chapter 24, during her interaction with those toughs threatening to pound that that. man who was spreading rumors that Rand was a forsaken, we see how much Egwene is absorbed of Aiel culture. Remember, she She tells them that they should attack him one-on-one, that there's more honor in that than attacking him as a group. First, she's insulted that they don't die. She's like... If you're going to die, die with honor and die fighting him one at a time. Right. She goes like two different ways with it, neither which are going to apply to these people whatsoever. So the big thing that I got from this was for an accepted who hasn't really had a chance to absorb the culture of the tower and allow that to mold her ideology, she's instead going to be an Aes Sedai with an Aiel ideology. I, I kind of like that because the Aiel work. And the tower doesn't seem to be working. It's weird applying it to other people, but at least for herself, she's going to bring something different. That The towers had so much of the same and so much of the same and so much of the same for so many years. Now she's bringing something new. And I think that's good. Do you feel like she actually grasps the Aiel 
culture? I think so. I think she does, because what she says there is exactly what an Aiel would say. But even she is surprised by what she what? says. But the, because she's it's surprised becoming, by herself. It's like by osmosis. It's becoming yeah. indoctrined into her. Yeah, she's absorbing it. I, I don't know Whether that that's she's... good for her, I don't know, but I think it's great for the tower. I don't know that she's like consciously aware of the ideological lines of Aiel culture, though she's certainly had conversations around Toe with Avienda and the She doesn't have Avienda at, at bedtime. Like that whole scene where Avienda berates right. Rand for, do you know when to, a blacksmith right. is supposed to blah, 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 right. and whatever, she goes through that whole tirade. It's another great moment. What I find interesting about it, though, is that she's kind of in this area that she's not nice to die. She hasn't gone through the entire training to become an Aes Sedai. I don't know what the final training or aspect of what becoming an Aes Sedai in the tower I haven't been through that experience with one of these girls yet. So there's something greater that would have to happen. So she she was going along and saying that she was that for the longest time. And then now she's just trying to adopt the I don't think she's trying to. I think ones. it's just coming out. Yeah, it just seems like junior varsity. Well, she hasn't stepped up to the big times yet. I think it's really important that she have some sort of discipline, which the Aiel culture provides the Aes Sedai culture would have also provided it but since she never spent really any time in the tower and because of what Swan wanted her to do was pretty much given carte blanche when she Nynaeve and Elaine wandered off to really do whatever they wanted to do and not have to follow any sort of discipline or rules of others I think it's good that she's got this because she's going to be part of a trinity that's going to be some of the most powerful Aes Sedai. And up to this point, she hasn't really demonstrated a whole lot of self-restraint. And I think that that self-restraint is going to be really important. It's important to the Aes Sedai. Because when you have all that power, you have to know how to control yourself. And so I think it's really good that she's learning discipline even while she's lying to the wise ones about, you know, she's still still still. undisciplined when it comes to curtailing her own desires. But I hope we're on a path to a point where she does have some self-discipline. You know, something I was just thinking about while you're talking, not that I wasn't paying attention, but how similar (laughs) in ways... (laughs) <laughs> just the Aes Sedai society and the tower are. The wise ones and the Aes Sedai. They're yeah. both based around a caste system, a training system. Yeah, absolutely. They have servants. They have all this sort of stuff. They just approach it from very different ways. The Aiel culture is a lot blunter. Mm. I think that the yep. Aes Sedai culture eventually fosters cunning. Well, they're used to the politics and manipulation and all that kind right. of crap. Where the Aiel are just used to war. They're a much more honest culture. As much as they're similar, they're equally different. Which yeah. also could be better. I'll be interested to see how much longer Egwene spends with them. I, I feel like we're getting hints that she's not going to be with the Wise Ones much longer. Well, they want her to be there for another couple of decades. Yeah, they want her to be there for a while. So it'll be interesting to see how much more of this she absorbs and how much of it that changes her. Adam, who was your Copland of the Week? Oh, my Copland of the Week was Grendel. Just became simpering. Okay. You didn't like the mush that Grendel became? There's a mush mouth, yeah. The putty in Samael's hands? Mm-hmm. She really wilted there. Yeah. She, she, she was really a firebrand in the previous meeting with him, and in this one, she just <laughs> totally... Yep capitulated to him yeah okay i get that mine was covril so i'm glad you brought up the phrase that haman uses adam because yeah i really had to think this through so many of the women in these books are shrill or annoying and but so many aren't I get a mother being concerned about her son and Loyal has abandoned so many of the tenets of their society and his mom is really concerned about him, but she just seems overbearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm more for 
Haman's concern about Loyal and the fact that he's been out of the setting for five years, and that's an exceptionally long time to be away. And the last fleeting glimpses we've had of Loyal, he's dealing with depression, and he's mentioned the fact that it's coming on because he's, I think they call it the longing. He's been away from the setting for so long. I can understand that, but man, I just could not stand Kovrel. Aerith, I'm okay with, but Kovrel, I had enough of. And I'm sort of I, disappointed I that Rand is helping her get to the two rivers really quickly, specifically Emmons Field. That's crazy how that happens, though. Rand's just like, he says, don't mention I was here to anybody. Why? Well, because he doesn't want them to know he didn't say hi. Well, I think it's less well, that it's the actual if they know he's there and can place his friends in danger type of thing. It's always yes, like he's trying to distance uh, himself from that. Yeah. I thought that was a great moment we didn't mention when he just stood there for a second and looked out at where he Towards came his from. farm. And it wasn't yeah. that long ago. No. No. However no. Long and he just has was. to leave, squash it down and go. Bury it down, Poor way Rand. down deep inside right. and never bring it up again. That's one of the things that we talked about last episode is, is just how difficult his life really is when it can seem really easy to be the hero of a story. Yeah. All right, Dave, who was your Copland of the Week? My Copland of the Week wasn't a who. It was a where, and it's Shader Logoth. I hate <laughs> that place. I hate that place. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. It's stupid to say nothing good comes out of that place, but nothing good comes out of that place. And like you guys mentioned, I have a sad feeling we're going to revisit it again, and I have a sad feeling it's not going to be good. It's going to be worse the next time. I have a sad feeling Laya's going to be there, and I just... It's going to be lying on the ground. Oh, I hate that place, but I love going there. I think the description of it was so cool. And it sounds like a Dr. Seuss village to me with towers leaning in all sorts of crazy directions. And the ones that in the Lorax, like you're picturing that goofy tower. Yes, Adam, it's like the fascinating train wreck. You're, you're fascinated by the train wreck, but it's still a train wreck. I think it's so crazy though, that there is a way gate in there. Now it's closed. Well, it was a major city, but, it's incredible that it was there and that it could be found, but Hammond had a hard time finding it because it was so, like, everything was so awful in there. Yeah. I thought it was crazy that they had been there before and they passed through it and there was no mention of a way gate and then we get to go back and see it. I thought that was really cool. I thought it was nice to visit it during the day. I did not find it as creepy <laughs> during the day. Even during the day, it took somebody. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> yep. I don't, I don't well, get Well, remember, that. Rand and Matt and them went in during the day, and they went into the building. Yeah, but they were there closer to the... No, it was daytime. Yeah. It right, was daytime. it was, but it was, yeah. I think it was late afternoon. But they went into... They the problem went was inside. they went into the building. So yeah, she went probably went into a building. Who knows yeah, she why? she probably went into a building. Yeah, absolutely. Rand told everybody to stick close and it's not to do... to well, you know that place. They keep he warned them about man. that, too. He warned, he warned them about every Check inevitability. And so whatever well, she did... Liar. Yeah. Liar. Something that wasn't mentioned when they visited here was that Hammond talked to Rand and said, you must not kill yourself. The road ahead of you is long, dark, and very much bloodstained. Don't kill yourself to live. I also fear that you will take us all down that road, but you must live to reach the end. Right. Of it. Well, he knows. Like, like he I said, where Rand, Rand goes, like, death oh. follows. What is Rand supposed to do? Uh, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> thanks Whatever for the sunny outlook. Also be like, I know this. I've read. Right. These, I've read a couple books lately. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, every place I've gone, people have died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who leveled up, Adam? Who leveled up is someone that wasn't actually in these chapters, but it's loyal getting the heck out of his family's <laughs> lifestyle. Getting away from those people. You yeah, five people? years ago, just going out and being like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to explore. He's I'm breaking explore the law, breaking the law. So specifically, you're, you're, ex- him down. you're excited about loyal getting away from Kovril is really what <laughs> my, my Copland. It's not Cobra, it's just the whole idea. He just needed he needed to go out and experience something instead of just being around there and having He a got long away from the stump, about... Adam. He so it's not just it's not just this it's not just his family, it's the society as a whole. 
rich well, in Well, I mean, a lot of it seems to be his family. Okay. And the only <laughs> part of his family cool, that we know is Coveral. Yeah, yeah, well, um, but yeah. also I'm yeah. not I'm not necessarily yeah, where's his dad with his quote unquote fiance. Yeah, and, and Aerith I'm not sold on, but she likes mm-hmm. him in his ears. So and he's very brave. He is very brave, and then she wants to like stop that bravery. Right. He's so brave he can't. She wants be brave to she wants again. to stop all of the things she loves about him. Right. Well, I mean, one of the things. Yeah. Mine was Samael. Yeah. Way to go, buddy. Oh. He enhanced his evilness. Yeah. yeah. There you go. He got better. This is unlike Eric. Yeah. Pick the evil. He didn't pick someone's nose. No, that's Adam. I know. I think Samuel and that's also a did an amazing job thing. this week, and I'm very proud of him. I'm so yeah. proud of him. He's such a big boy. He's such a good boy. Dave, who leveled up for you? Uh, Barreling. Barely Barreling. Barreling leveled up. She's increasing her holdings. She's increasing her hormones. Her. She is ensconcing herself everywhere, and she is being accepted. She's killing she it as a leader. Up for me within the past two weeks. She leveled up for me last yeah, week. Yeah. yeah. She's, uh, you? yeah. she's an up and coming one. You got to keep your eye on that one. Yeah. Not just because she's pretty. I'm very happy oh, for no, her. I am pro Bearline. Is she a daughter of the Nine Moons? I don't no. know. No. She's the first she's of not. Maine. I'd like I to mean, see she her. She could be a daughter that. of it, but we think we've discovered that daughter of the nine moons is a the court of the Sean nine Chan moons thing. is yeah. is in is in Sean Chan. So yeah. I would think so, that the daughter yeah, would be from that. that court. Probably not. I just want Bearline to end up with someone. Ooh, maybe maybe Ooh. Tom Marilyn. Ooh, Tom Bearline and Tom Marilyn. Wow, to Bearline. You're doing the the Benifer thing. I'm doing whatever. I'm <laughs> to Marilyn. Words to Marilyn. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> Horrible. All right. That wraps up episode five. Join us for episode six when we'll read the Lord of Chaos chapters 25 through 31. Until then, may you rest in the creator's hand. May you know good hunting, young bull, and she's to give you many cubs. Dovian de Setovius again. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs>